welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. I'm Justin, and I am here with Pastor Roby. How you doing, Roby? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm feeling great. Glad to be here, and uh, we're continuing our conversation. We started in the last episode, and so to start us off, maybe Roby, recap a little bit. What did we talk about in the last one, and maybe anything that you would say before we jump into today's content? Yeah, so we're in a series called Jesus and LGBTQ+, and in this we're creating hopefully a safe place for people that are interested in the dialogue about the historic Christian perspective and the modern LGBTQ perspective. That could be someone that identifies with the LGBTQ plus community. It could be someone that identifies with the historic Christian faith. It could be someone that has loved ones on either side, and they would love to be able to have a dialogue about it. Because in this in this time, I think we find ourselves, it's hard to have a place to dialogue. So yeah. our, our hope and our goal is that mm. this series is safe. It feels safe. Uh, it doesn't feel um, condemning to anyone on either side. There may be times that um, someone on one side or the other feels challenged, but hopefully it, it is a place that um, is, is a safe, loving, uh, honest discussion. And so we started in the last uh, in the episode one on just framing up the posture we want to have this conversation, which is loving. And throughout this entire series, we're going to encourage you to stay within the series. We've laid this out in an order. So right. if you haven't listened to part one, you're going to want to go back to part yeah, one and listen to it. It's a good cue. Maybe even now pause and then go back to yeah. part one of the of the series and then jump back in because... Like Pastor Roby just shared, uh, we, we want to have this conversation with love. There's yes. a lot of people having these conversations with snark, with yeah. self-righteousness, and we want to be able to handle this with grace and truth. Yes, absolutely. The other thing, um, just a kind of a housekeeping item, we're using the phrase LGBTQ+, and just really as a shorthand for the ease of conversation, we're acknowledging that there are other initials because there are people that don't identify with the with just LGBTQ. There's maybe other ways that they identify, and so uh, we're not excluding that. We're just uh, we acknowledge that there are more initials. It's just that would get cumbersome for conversation. So by LGBTQ or LGBTQ community or LGBTQ plus, we're trying to reference uh, a lot much larger uh, community in general in this conversation. Sweet. So tell us a little bit about this conversation and how we're taking the next step. So we talked about love. Sure. Why it's important. You know, we're, we're told in, in scripture, if you're got all this truth and no mysteries, but you don't have love, sure. you're, you're useless. Um, so what's today's topic really going to be all about? Yep. I, I think it's good. Like you said, Justin, we started with love. And I think honestly, that should be music to everybody's ears. Now we appealed to the Bible uh, for to get that, but I think that's pretty intuitive for most people. I think most people want to have a conversation uh, in a loving context. So, so let's actually now start getting into the discussion. There are really there's so many facets. This is a very complex issue, and it, we're dealing with people's lives, their families, their friends, coworkers. I mean, this is a very sensitive, very complex subject. But as we're walking through this, there are we're kind of addressing two primary perspectives. There's the LGBTQ community, and then and the perspectives that come with that community, and then there's the historic Christian perspective, and the community that associates with that perspective. 
And so as we're kind of taking steps into this discussion, I think it'd be helpful for us to go. It's that's very complex. Let's go to there's one really foundational point mm. where that's actually pretty simple where these two perspectives, the <laughs> yeah, there's a fork in the road. Right. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. There's a fork in the road that I think is way deeper than most people are having the conversation. Right. But I think if we look at this point where the two paths diverge, mm -hmm. I think it's actually really helpful. And it's helpful for us to be able to empathize with the other person's perspective and actually hear them differently. Otherwise, it just feels like the historic Christian um, uh, perspective versus the LGBTQ perspective, it's like there's two different conversations happening. Right. And it can feel like I, both sides can feel like I cannot understand how you come to the conclusion that you're, that you're coming to. Right. And so it doesn't create really a safe, loving environment to have that kind of conversation. That's good. And one of the things that I've heard that's helpful whenever you're having conversations with someone who has a different viewpoint than you, you always want to be able to describe their position in a way that when you put it, they would hear it and agree with you and say, yeah, sure. that's, that's where I'm coming from. And so what we're trying to do is get to the root of, okay, where are these perspectives diverging? Let's start there rather than talking past each other, you know, further, further down the road. Yes. And so where would you say that fork really begins? So, uh, my perspective on this, obviously this is not the, the final word, but you know, sure. this is where, just from my vantage point. I know you and I have talked a lot about this, Justin, I think you'd agree. I think this, the, foundational question you're going down the road and there's a fork is this question where do you find truth mm -hmm. where is the source of truth and there are there's there are two different takes on this the one one perspective on that is and this would be the majority of the historical perspective on this would be that truth is an external found externally and then I conform myself to that external truth. That could be a number of different things for people. Um, they could be a, a holy, the holy scriptures from a particular religion. It could be science. It could be any number of external sources that they would say, this is the historic, this is the ultimate source of truth. I conform my perspective, my beliefs, my thinking to that external source of truth. The other perspective, and this would be far more, I think, popular in operation today, right. is the idea that truth is not ex an external, it's not found in an external location, it's found inside of me. Right. So where I go to, to formulate my truth is I look down inside of, of my, my heart. So, there's, so we say this in like very kind of popular level, you know, we'd say like, believe in yourself, trust yourself, follow your heart look to your heart, you know, we'd say like those things, but that mm -hmm. is actually a much deeper, it's not just a Hallmark card. That's a right. much deeper held idea where the way I, how I find my way forward is through self-discovery. So when I look inside, I need to stay true to myself. And whereas in a historical perspective with an externally located truth, 
heresy would be defined as going against that particular external source. Right. If there's an internal source of truth, truth is found within, then heresy is not being true to myself. Right. And, and heresy being the, the ultimate form of going against what's right. Yes. Heresy. Yeah. Di- diverging. Diverging from, from what's right. Like the worst thing you could do is if there's an external source of truth, the worst thing you could do is violate whatever that external truth says. Right. For uh, if truth is internal, the worst thing you could do is violate what's inside. Right. And so then, and then the, the opposite is true, right? So if that's heresy, then what's noble or what's virtuous right. in the one sense is to submit or conform to the external truth. And then what's noble and courageous on the other side is to live out what's inside. Absolutely. Right. So then that informs this particular conversation. Right. And what, why I think this is so helpful is going back to our first conversation on love where we left off and we kind of teased it out, but didn't really talk much about it was there's a section in first Corinthians 13 that says love rejoices in the truth. Yes. And then the question is, well, how do you define truth? Yes. <laughs> you know? And so that's where we're saying that where there's a divergent path, the fork in the road happens with one group having this conversation says there's an external source of truth. Yes. The other group is saying, no, what's true is found on the inside. Right. And that's a really good point because I think this is a place where there, there can be empathy on both sides because, you know, love doesn't leave truth out. Like if right. I have a friend who's in a very abusive, destructive relationship yeah. and I see that it's not loving for me to ignore that. And in fact, it would be most loving for me to risk the friendship to sure. bring truth to them to save them. If someone's got, um, if someone's abusing a substance and they're destroying their lives, like I, I would risk the friend. It's loving to risk the friendship to gently, humbly, graciously bring truth to them. So, like, love will include truth. So there are some in the LGBTQ community that will say the most loving thing you could do is help someone be true to the truth inside of them. Right. And there are some from the uh, those who would be the uh, historic biblical Christian perspective would say the most loving thing you could do is graciously, gently hold them to an external truth. Right. And so you could just see how talking past each other would yes. happen. And you're... it's helpful to appreciate those two different perspectives. Right. Yeah. And so that's where we wanted to begin this conversation. Yes. Talking about that. So break this down a little more about how those differences play out in, you know, in a society. If you live those out, what are the differences or how would you talk us through it? Yeah. So let's, first of all, how it's playing out right now in the, in this discussion about LGBTQ as a community and all of the, the discussion surrounding that, that's why gender then has in that within that community and sexuality has so many different uh, different associations because someone would look inside and to find that truth whereas there would be those in the uh, that would look to the bible or another source for uh, for ultimate truth and say well this defines gender this defines identity this defines sexuality and so this is where this is where this divergent is all the way at the at that fork in the road so then let's play our cards some and walk through that. So sure. obviously, may, maybe or may, maybe not obviously, but this is a church podcast. You know, we are very clear as a church that um, we 
look to the Bible. So we would operate from the side that says that there is an external source of truth. Mm-hmm. But I want to just maybe walk out why. Like, why would we take that perspective on it? And um, I, I think that might be helpful. So three reasons outside of, you know, we look to the Bible as the external truth. Um, that's the one that, that we would look to as a church. The Bible claims that, but let's not, let's for a second not appeal to the Bible as an external truth and what it says. Let's just talk about more in generally, why would we appeal to an external truth rather than an internal truth? So let's just start there. Um, three, three reasons. The first one is pure logic. So if we appeal to an internal source of truth, if we say, look, the way to the way you're going to find truth is you look inside. Each person needs to look inside to find an eternal internal truth. That's where ultimate truth is. Mm-hmm. There's um there's a logical challenge with that in that it's not truly li- that's not truly consistently lived out or very rarely is. For example, um, to live that out, we would have to really have to dismiss basically the scientific method. Like science is built on the idea of an external source of truth because what science as an, as, as an experimentation is, is I start with a hypothesis. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking inside is probably true. And then I'm testing it because I'm trying to find out an external source of truth. I'm trying to find truth, which is external. It's outside of my head and my mind. I'm trying to test my thoughts with to to um, conform it to nature. So I I test it. I'm trying to find the laws of nature as an external right. source of truth. And as I'm testing those things, good science then corrects the hypotheses that I had that were wrong. Bad science would then either tweak the experiment to just affirm my hypothesis or t- ignore something that disagrees with me. Right. So. To live purely by a internal truth, m- most of us don't live like that. It, we we right. there are some facets of reality that we embrace and we we accept in various areas of our life. Yes. So the and even the idea of truth to even use a different term is realities, things that are sure. the way they are. I remember an experiment we did in elementary school, where we were taught, you know. We had an apple and like a, a basketball and asked the question, which do you think will land first? You know, and everybody in the classroom got it wrong. They thought, you know, that the, I think that the apple would land first because it was lighter or whatever. And then you see them land at the same time. So our hypothesis was wrong. Gravity is right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we adjust that. So the scientific method presumes that there are fixed realities about yes. the universe, about the world about biology uh there are fixed realities and we have a hypothesis and we conform that to the hypothesis yes based on what we see now if you're listening and you would operate no i think that truth is found internal truth please don't hear this as an attack just a discussion and just something to consider um that um that's a hard way to live consistently in life um secondly though I think um, it's not hard to see how that is not sustainable for a society. So 
um, if everyone is living according to an internal truth, that has actually been a, a historic definition of anarchy. So like there's a, there's historic documents that said, you know, everyone living in, in a way that seemed true to themselves. Um, and as not a positive, it's, it can be anarchy. Why? Because if, if someone sees a particular crime, like treason, assassination, um, something, a hate crime, um, some o- o- oppression, if that seems right to them, society needs to hold those things accountable. And so what we're doing is we're saying, here is the law. We're holding you accountable to that. To live in a pure truth is whatever you found on the inside, and that's okay. To live that out purely, that society could not stand. And so what right. we have really in our, in our society that is very scientific, we have a lot of technology, a lot of modern medicine, we have laws, like there's a lot of external truth we live in. We just, in certain subjects, we then appeal to an internal truth, which is right. maybe not not consistent, which I would argue would, would not be consistent. Right. So second one would be, it's, it's hard for a society to be sustainable with an, an, a view of an inside truth. Yeah. So that factor of consistency, to, to apply that consistently personally, and then to apply that consistently societally, um, yeah. to just be operating from an inside look inside version of truth right it doesn't lead to flourishing to a place where there's mutual respect and justice and those kinds of important things that we we value right those two categories of both both just kind of logic and also society most of us are very comfortable living in an external type of truth the question then is yeah but when it comes to things that are around my personal identity isn't it okay to kind of go with an internal truth around the things that are like personal to me, like gender, sexuality, uh, identity? Like, isn't it okay? Like, why, why mm. would I then need to be to appeal to an external source for issues of identity? And I actually think this would be the third point. I actually think that um, found in the right source, actually identity is best expressed when bolstered by an external truth. And here's Mm. why. Because we can't purely live out our identity uh, with an internal-based truth and live live a completely healthy life. Mm. Because every one of us has brokenness inside that we need external truth to help heal and sometimes correct. So for example, if someone um, looked inside and what they found was racism, bigotry, chauvinism, we would not say, Hey, be true to yourself. Like if that's what you find on the inside, then go with that. And to diverge from that would be heretical. No, we'd say, Hey, that's not healthy. Hmm. That those things are hateful. They're oppressive. They're hurtful. And like those need to be need to be cleaned up in your life or you're going to have a lot of broken relationships and you're going to break and hurt a lot of people. Like those are not healthy things to leave inside inside of you. And that's to not even address other things like arrogance or narcissism or bitterness or mm-hmm. any other number of things. I mean, when we look inside, even for our most personal things, our identities are so fickle. They, they, they're turbulent waters. There's, there's, hurt that we need to find healing from. And so to find healing, we can't find 
I, I don't believe the best place to find that healing is to just push deeper inside because there's, there's, there's biases and prejudices that probably each one of us need to look inside and we need an external truth to correct and to find healing in there. And so even in the areas of the very, very, the sacred waters of the very personal things and very ident uh, uh, like things like identity, like even there, the right external truth can be very life-giving and healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great to, to think in that category <clears throat> of, you know, if there, if what's on the inside, you're looking and all of we're imperfect people. Sure. I mean, if we're, if we're honest, every single human has had thoughts, has thoughts that they're embarrassed by that if somebody sure. found out and we wouldn't say, Hey, that that's your truth to live out. Right. Um, societally, we, we would make claims like, Hey, that is not good. And by making that statement, we are appealing to some sort of external right. truth. So, so I think what you're drawing out is the consistency. Sure. It's difficult to apply that consistently. So summarize those three points again, just to wrap up. You said it was three things sure. that this divergence, this this uh, fork in the road takes Sure. Place. And, and let me also just say, like, this is not to con trying to convince anybody or to change someone uh, change someone's thoughts necessarily. This is just to create some dialogue. The, I think the main first divergence that makes this conversation at sometimes feel like people are just a mile miles apart is that some would look at, and this is very common, that truth is ultimately found on the inside. And others would say truth is ultimately found externally. We're just laying out three reasons why we think the external truth is, um, and we haven't said necessarily, we haven't necessarily even made a case for the Bible as that external truth. We're not even really there yet. We're mainly just saying, why would an external truth um, be a more consistent and potentially healthy way to live, ultimately, if you find the right external truth? That could be devastating if you find the wrong one. Sure. But the three reasons would be, again, like just logically and consistently living life with things like science and technology. There's so many things like the laws of nature, like those don't come from the inside. Maps, Maps you know, finding how to, you know, GPS. I mean, we're appealing to truths outside of ourselves. Also just societally, I don't think anyone would want to live in a world that anyone can do whatever they want and to be true to themselves. But thirdly, like even in the deep sacred ground of my personhood and my identity, there are things in there that are, that if we just, that, that every one of us needs to find healing in so that mm -hmm. we're to fully live and to fully express a thriving life. And um, uh, to do that, the right healthy external truth that can bring someone to really thrive, uh, I think is, is the best way to go because otherwise there's brokenness in each one of us that we're not addressing. Sure. And so any teasing you can do for where we're going next in our conversation? So this leaves it with not saying which is the right external truth. Um, and in the next episode, let's talk about the Bible because there are, there's times that the Bible has, um, been used very oppressively. I mean, the mm -hmm. Bible has been used in a way that's hateful. The Bible has been used in ways that's, um, that is really confining to people. So let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about the Bible. Let's talk about, um, it as a potential external truth to look to, and let's see what it speaks to on this issue and see, is that life giving or not? Yeah. Well, we hope that this conversation 
as we've continued talking about love and then talking about truth, where do we find it has helped uh, create some dialogue. And so if there's someone that you know that would benefit from sharing this conversation, would love for you to share it with them, let them know. And uh, for that, we will see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.